Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Removing the queen is, uh, uh, of the head, as the head of state, is um, something that's long overdue. And becoming a republic just means that, you know, you're no longer, you have no affiliation with the United Kingdom and your your former colonial masters. So so the country is already an independent country, but they were still kind of under the flag of real mafia, criminal organization type mentality that, okay, I'll let you have the block, but you know, you still gotta check in with me. My graduates from my school being Forbes, Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. So, if you watch Earn Your Leisure, you know that one thing we stay away from is politics. We've never interviewed a politician. We, that is for a reason because we're apolitical. You could be a Democrat, you could be a Republican. That's, we don't really go into that lane. Our lane is finance and business. But there's exceptions to every rule. Absolutely. So if we was going to have a conversation with a politician, there was only one, maybe two, that we would have made an exception for. So shout out to my brother, Steve-O. When he told me that we had an opportunity to talk to Sean, I was like, nah, that's a no-brainer. That's legendary. You know what I'm saying? It's for us being fans of the culture, being fans of the music, seeing Sean's transition from being the hottest rapper in New York and the unfortunate incident, being incarcerated, being kicked out of America for almost a decade, wasn't even allowed on American soil, to now, before you say his name, you must say the Honorable. Ah. The Honorable Sean Barrow. Clap it up for that. So this is a conversation that I'm extremely excited about. 
We're going to talk about finance. We're going to talk about his journey. We're going to talk about politics. We're going to talk about world politics, um, crypto, all of that stuff. So, huh? Oh, oh now all, we, the, all my Belizeans. Yeah, we got some Belizeans in the crowd. If yes. you Belizean make some noise right now, I know we got some brothers over here. Shout out to you. We, love, Bel- we love Belize. There's three. One here, two here, yeah, and, and Sean. <laughs> so I need you to get on your feet. I need you to get on your feet, please. This is something that's extremely important for us. Important for us. Yeah. And welcome my brother, Sean Barrow, the honorable Sean Barrow. Now tell me who wanna fuck with us Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, I bang And let your fucking brain sign snitches Alright, alright Bitches with riches You can take your seats, ladies and gentlemen A black teller when my father busting and loaded me Think he just finished sniffing the cake That's the vibe That's just the Ricky Bones for hitting my balls Oh, I like, I like how she... Uh, blended right. that Shout out. Shout out to the DJ. Shout I out. I was born in the drop. <laughs> Very good. All right. So here's, here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. We got a lot of good information for you guys today. We're going to do this legendary interview. After that, we're going to have a performance. Then we're going to bring my brother Ian Dunlap out. He... Shout out to Ian. Um, shout out to Red Panda. That's a fact. <laughs> so it's only one thing that we ask of you guys. That's it. It's free. Everything is, you know, there's no charge to come in here. It's good hospitality. It's good vibes. You can network whatever you want. But during the time that we're speaking, please, please try to be quiet. That's the only thing that we ask of you guys. Um, and shout out to my brother, Mike Saul and Tamika Mallory. Before I forget, thank you for your advocacy. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you yeah, for absolutely. joining us. I appreciate you. Yeah. All right, let's get into this. Sean, the honorable, the honorable Sean Barrow. Um, you, this is like, it's not enough time. I feel like this needs to be a five-part series. Your, your life story is so amazing, you know? Thank you. Thank um, you. So I want to talk about the political aspect of it, but I want to start at the beginning. Um, when did you actually realize that you had a talent for music and when did you actually start to pursue that? Because when I first heard of you, everybody was saying like, this is the new big. That was the buzz in New York. And um, when I heard it was a bidding war for you and then I heard the music and it was like, it was just like something I hadn't heard before. So when did did that start as far as the musical side? You know, uh, I always loved music. my, my father was a DJ uh, before he became a politician. So uh, we always have a joke in the family that, you know, I got something on him that I'm actually a successful musician. <laughs> um, and he failed. But, you know, I, I, I love music, you know, ever since I came out the womb. Um, you know, I used to write poems. I used to write poetry, you know, because I, you know, I thought I was a Casanova when I was a young kid. <laughs> and so, you know, my path to a young woman's heart was to charm her with, you know, my lexicon and my wordplay. <laughs> so that, that was my first foray into, um, you know, music. First as, as writing poetry. Um, but, you know, I love music. I love Bob Marley, you know, um, really reggae music. Is, is my first love. And for those, you know, true uh, hip hop heads, they'll confess that, you know, Cool Herc, he's the Jamaican DJ. Tell him again, Sean. Tell him again, Sean. They moved, moved to the Bronx. Tell him again, Sean. And took the sound system from Jamaica. And, you know, that's how hip hop started. So, yeah, so I used to listen to like Shabba Ranks and Super Cat and. You know, Yellow Man and all, all the great yeah. Ninja Man. Yeah, so yeah. all the great uh, DJs and like KRS-One was very, very influential because, you know, when he uh, came out with The Bridge Is Over, that had that whole reggae, you know, um, vibe that was a, a, like a, a reggae song. So 
So I always loved music, um, but I, I never necessarily wanted to be a rapper. Just love music. But, you know, when I was in the streets, as most young inner city youth are in the streets because they have no alternatives. There's a systematic design for young uh, inner city males, brown and black, to, you know, go down a path of destruction that leads to jail or incarceration. Um, you know, music saved my life. You know, I was listening to music for therapy, for escape, you know, to stay inside and, and stay away from dodging bullets and, and shooting bullets. So I would just, you know, listen to music. Um, and, and that's when I really started to develop the notion that I could actually contribute something to the art form of rap. So the, the first song on your debut album, so I think the first time I heard you was on a total remix. But then I, yeah. when, I, when, when I heard Dear America, right, that first bar, that Dear America, look at what you made me, young, black, and crazy, yeah. please save me. Yeah. The please save me part, what was your vision? What did you, right, because you were born in Belize and moved to Brooklyn. Yeah. So when you said America, please save me, what was, what was the vision there? Did, it was something you wanted to see change at that time growing well, up in Brooklyn? I, I, I came to... Um to the United States of America when I was about eight years old. And I lived with my mom. My mom was a, you know, lower, low income, working class woman. And, you know, she had to work so hard that I was always by myself. You know, most immigrants that come to the United States from Jamaica, from Haiti, from Belize, they, you know, do housekeeping and babysitting. And so she spent all her time taking care of other people's children and I was on my own. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't say that I was a bad kid. You know, that, that's how I got the name Shine, because I was dark because I had to be dark. You know, I was, I, I'm a lion, but I don't necessarily believe in eating gazelles. You know, if you, if you do the history of mankind, there was a time in the Garden of Eden where lions and gazelles and everybody were one. Um, and, and that's my mentality. You know, I don't, I'm not a predator. But I grew up with predators, and so I wasn't going to be a gazelle. I was going to be a lion, and if somebody was going to get eaten, it wasn't going to be me. And so my mentality was always, there should be an alternative. This shouldn't be the way that we live. You know, we should be able to grow up and evolve and, you know, have 401ks and, you know, um, you know get married and you know, get a mortgage and, you know, take vacations and be the best versions of ourselves. But kids growing up, you know, in my generation, and I'm sure in this generation, that's not necessarily a reality. You know, the reality is jail or an early grave. So um, I was crying out because that's not who I wanted to be. And I wasn't ashamed of that. You know, um, you know I know your, your theme song is Nas. That's one of my heroes. You know, him and people like uh, Raekwon and, and Ghostface and Wu-Tang, they had that, that same message. Like, they were talking about reality. It was their reality. But that doesn't mean that's what we want it to be. You know, we, we don't necessarily want to sell the narcotics that, you know, certain agencies put into our communities to destroy our communities. But we have no other choice because, you know, we feel like, that we're going to starve, you know, we can't get jobs, they burn down our business, you know, remember Black Wall Street, we can't get loans at the bank. You know, there's so many obstacles to having a healthy, normal life. So when I say save me, you know, it, it was a true cry that, you know, it could be better and the legislators could make it better. Let me, let me ask you this, as far as, um, you know, obviously the incident in the club and you get sentenced to 10 years in jail and Clinton Max. So that's you in the belly of the beast. Right. Talking about overcoming adversity, like to see you now to where you were at that point in time. It's, a, it's an amazing transformation. Mentally, what was you going through during that 10 year time of being incarcerated and how were you able to come out and not only just keep your sanity, but to actually, you know, move forward, change your life? You know, the way the architect of the universe uh, designs human beings is to withstand 
anything. I think we're all indestructible. Everybody in this audience has what I have inside of me. Um, and it's just a matter of finding it. And so I went through different phases of my life's journey that allowed me to develop the durability to withstand that ultimate pain. Because I wouldn't wish incarceration on my worst enemy. It's nothing worse other than being bedridden in a hospital. But I come from a country, Belize, you know, where I grew up in a house where we didn't even have a toilet system. So that's how I grew up. So to go from that to the United States uh, was an improvement. To go from Brooklyn, Flatbush, Church Avenue, Newkirk, Little Haiti, uh, you know, the most dangerous, challenging places uh, on planet Earth. To go from there and to escape incarceration and to escape death. I, I was a superhero. You know, that, that wasn't my destiny. Uh, so to have been able to do that and to, you know, get signed to Bad Boy, uh, to put out a, a number one rap album and to overcome that prepared me for whatever I would face in life because it's not probable. Everybody want, wanted to rap back then, but we didn't have, you know, the Internet. We didn't have United Masters. We didn't have all these platforms that would allow you know, unknown artists to, to break through. So to go from a kid, you know, in a single parent home, mom is poor, you know, nobody there to help, uh, to, you know, I, I got, I think I got the biggest record deal for a new artist ever. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I came into the music industry making history. A million dollar on bidding wall off yeah. the rip. It's more than that. But, <laughs> but um, but I, what, what? I did that against all odds. I had no help. You know, like my friends used to tell me, you're wasting your time. You know, my mom, you know, told me, you know, son, like, you know, why did you drop out of university? Like, she cried to me, like, you're breaking my heart. Like, you're not going to make it in music. Nobody makes it in music. Earners, listen up. There's a new site that's building the best real estate investing experience ever. It's called Fundrise. It's the first online investment platform designed to give every person the opportunity to own a portfolio of high-quality real estate affordably, thanks to their cutting-edge, low-cost model. That's right. Fundrise is revolutionizing the investment world by delivering unparalleled transparency and real-time reporting that lets you see how the development of specific properties impact your overall portfolio. The platform's innovations power an investor-first model by eliminating the bloated costs of middlemen that have traditionally weighed down real estate investing, saving investors time and money. Every Fundrise portfolio can be allocated according to the types of real estate you personally prefer. Drawing on the platform's many active properties, over 150, handpicked by their in-house team of pros, and many more added all the time. When you add Fundrise Real Estate to your investing strategy, you're unlocking a deeper sort of diversification than anything available through your run-of-the-mill public stocks and bonds. And one of the secrets that many of the country's wealthiest investors understand is that when you diversify, your portfolio is not just resilient, it's actually positioned to earn more overall. But now, no matter what kind of investor you are, Fundrise makes it simple to build a more perfect portfolio. But don't just take my word. See for yourself. Check out why Fundrise has grabbed the attention of the financial world, earning it a place on Forbes' list of most innovative companies year after year, and the title Best Real Estate Investment Platform in 2019 by the FinTech Breakthrough Awards. And earners, they got a special offer going on right now. Visit Fundrise.com slash leisure. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash leisure to have your first three months of fees waived. Again, that's Fundrise.com slash leisure. Don't wait, don't hesitate. Head over there now. But but I knew that I could make it in music and I made it. So, you know, God is real. Whatever you want to call it, the architect of the universe, intelligent designer. And there is a divine source that, you know, guides everything on this planet. So if I did it once, I could do it again. And and I, you know, I think it was harder to go from Brooklyn you know, single mother, you know, impoverished household to, you know, millionaire rap star signed to the biggest record label in the world. Like that's that's mission impossible. Yeah. Yeah. 
So to do that, that's it. After that, there's nothing that I can't do. And I thank God for, for that invincibility uh, that I was gifted with. So, you know, going to Clinton Denimora and going through the incarceration, I relied on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a religious person, but my name is Moses. And, you know, Moses, you know, he got the five books, whatever your religion is, it's the Old Testament for Jews, you know, they call it the Torah. Um, you know, so one of the things that I have always had was this gift of just divine invincibility. I could do anything. And um, so once I did it once and I understood the science, however the divine science worked, I knew that I could apply that again. And so in the, in the five books of Moses, there's a part that says when the, the Israelites, the Jews, when they're going through the Red Sea and they got through the Red Sea and they're in the desert, they, they, they say to God, you know what, man, we don't need anything else. Just the fact that you, you took us out of Egypt, that's enough. You took us through the Red Sea, that's enough. You gave us a fire by night to keep us warm and, you know, um, you let us through all these scorpions and all these snakes, that's enough. They say, Dayenu. So what God did for me, going from Belize, where I didn't even have a, a toilet system and my mother was a poor teacher, we came to the United States. She was a housekeeper, then became a receptionist with little bit of nothing. And I was able to become a multimillionaire and put out number one rap albums and get nominated for Grammys. So, so like, what more could I ask God for? So, you know, I, I wasn't entitled. I didn't feel like I deserved anything. I got the hand and I played the hand and I played the hand before and I was successful. So I just asked God to continue to give me the wisdom and durability because we're going to have challenges. Everybody in this room, everybody on this planet is going to have challenges. Elon Musk has challenges. Jeff Bezos has challenges. Kanye West has challenges. You just have to endure those challenges and figure out the science to navigate your challenges. So, you know, I thank God for being able to figure that out. I, I, I told you, yeah, clap it up for that. I told you this backstage and I said, look, like you were my guy. You've always been my guy. Thank you. That's a fact, right? Like I remember 20 years ago being in the mirror, trying to rap like you. Thank you. Dressing up like you. <laughs> thank but you. one of the things that over the course of time is your, your level of integrity right, has never wavered. I told you, I still got the double XL cover when it was Death Before Dishonor. And, and I'm still, like, yo, it that, still is. It still is, yeah. right? And even Sean's the realest rapper alive. And so you said mom wasn't around. I know your dad was in Belize. Where did we get this moral ethic code? Where did we get this integrity from? Where was it built from? You know, my grandmother, <clears throat> God bless her soul, um, I was very close to her. She's a Garifuna woman, uh, Africans that very resilient throughout Latin America. And um, yeah, she, she was very close with me and instilled a lot of those uh, integrity and uh, ideals and, you know, uh, the moral compass that, that I had. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think you are who you are. Yeah. I think uh, um, for me, it's not who I am. But how will I use who I am to empower humanity? Um, so it's not about being great, but it's about how do you use your greatness to make other people great or to impact the planet or to impact your community or your state or your country. So I think, you know, certain people are wired and designed to, to change the planet, to change their country, to change their surroundings. And, um, you know, so that's how I was wired. I, I'm thankful that I was able to, to find that. You know, I, again, I encourage everyone to find their greatness. It's there. It's inside of you. But, you know, some of us are afraid. Some of us get distracted. But you could find it. It's there. So let me ask you this, because uh, I want to jump into this crypto conversation. It's very rare that we speak to politicians, but you're not only a politician, you're a world leader. Um, so your neighbor, yes, your Central American neighbor, El Salvador, 
made news by um, buying 700 bitcoins. I they, saw. Bitcoin is a, a legal tender uh, currency there, and they they have a plan to uh, finance a billion dollars of infrastructure using Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So my first question is, what's your thoughts on that? And um, is that something that your country or other countries in the region or all over the world can duplicate to catch up to the superpowers? You know, I'm a very bold and aggressive uh, leader. Um, so certainly uh, I would be prepared to examine the benefits of, you know, that path, uh, you know, certainly to develop Belize. You know, we have to have all options on the table. So uh, we'd have to look and see how that works for El Salvador and, you know, study how it's working for other countries. But certainly I'm open to that. I, I do believe that is that is the now, not just the future. So, you know, it's just yeah. moving the world. So when you, when you got released, right, and you were deported from the country, a country that you grew up in, I mean, you obviously were born in Belize, but raised in Brooklyn, and then you're deported, at what time do you decide that, you know what, politics is going to be my new passion? Politics is where I'm supposed to be. Because I know your dad, obviously, was the prime minister. And so were you looking at him as the guy that's like, you know what, I'm going to not follow in my, fat, my dad's footsteps, but that is an avenue if I would like to explore. What was it that triggered you to say, you know what, politics is my, my route now? No, no, you know, I always wanted to be Bob Marley. Mm. I never wanted to, to be a politician um, I always wanted to be a, a prophet. I wanted to change the world. You know, I wanted to bring light to the world and and just transform the world. And uh, but you know, politicians, legislators, they have a special power. And you know, when I visited Belize, <clears throat> there was a senator by the name of Julia Timbro, and uh, I was living in Paris at the time. And she said to me, she said, listen, our country's going through a transition. And the leaders in this country, at least for the most part, they only care about themselves. They only want to enrich themselves and their families and their cronies. And you, you know, you're a multimillionaire. Your friends are billionaires. You're not going to be a politician to get rich. You're not going to use the taxpayers' dollars, you know, to take care of your self-interest. You'd be the perfect type of leader. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm a musician, you know, I'm an artiste into the fine arts. My entrepreneur, you know, I do some investments. Not necessarily interested in, in, in politics. Uh, but leadership, you know, leadership is important. And, you know, there was a void and there still is a void. And I'm a leader. You know, um, I come from a family of leaders, but I wasn't looking at my father because I, I surpassed him in music. You know, Grammy nominations, 40 million records sold, written, you know, publisher, performer. So for me, it was like polit politics was like down down there like what are we doing yeah, yeah but but that's politics leadership is up here because leadership is my name my name is moses and moses was a leader and you know moses was a shepherd and moses used to take the sheep that you know were hurt and he would carry them on his back and take them to get water right so I'm a leader. I'm not a politician. So I'm here to lead my people. I'm here to transform their lives. I'm here to empower them. You know, when I hear about financial literacy, I couldn't believe that there's a platform, you know, trying to instill these virtues in our people. Um, so, so that's what got me into uh, pursuing uh, being a legislator, you know, not to be a politician, but to fulfill my purpose to be a leader and, and a world leader, you know, because I have friends in, in Africa, I have friends in the United States that are legislators, and what I do in Belize, people are watching. Um, so I could lead the world from Belize. So recently, uh, Barbados 
um, I seen that you you had to support for Barbados, which they recently transitioned away from the UK um, monarchy system, right, into their own constitutional republic. What does that actually mean? Because I'm not even sure what it actually means. And is that something that you know other countries in the region can duplicate? Well, let me just uh, acknowledge all my Haitians here today. Haiti, 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 you know, I love Haiti. I love Haiti so much because Haiti's the first black republic um, in the Caribbean. Haiti's the first independent nation, the real, true independent nation in the Caribbean. Um, Pierre Toussaint. Uh, was the leader that led that revolution and he defeated the French, drove them out of Haiti, and they became the first independent nation in the Caribbean. And they've paid a hefty price for it. So God bless Haiti and, you know, I'll forever love and salute Haiti. But all the other Caribbean nations uh, never had that type of courage <laughs> that the Haitians had. And they saw how the French, you know, the French made the Haitians pay like 200 billion or 400 billion dollars for their freedom. Yeah. And uh, right now we're in the midst of taking the United Kingdom to court for reparations. Because as we know, in Belize, as we know, you know, the, the transatlantic uh, slave um, atrocity Holocaust is one of the worst things that have ever happened in humanity. And so, you know, the United Kingdom, you know, committed, you know, the, the worst crimes against humanity. So there's nothing glorious about the queen as our head of state in any nation in the Caribbean. That's our land. They extracted our wealth. They killed us. They raped us. They you know, um, just cascaded and castrated our, our people. So there, there's nothing glorious about it. And, you know, I want to acknowledge uh, Prince Charles, who said everything that I'm saying right now. They invited him to the ceremony for Barbados becoming a republic. And he said, you know, yeah, slavery is one of the stains of our history and it was atrocious. He didn't need to tell me that. And I hope that Belize will follow in the footsteps of Barbados. I know Jamaica has taken steps to do that. Um, but removing the queen is, uh, uh, of the head as the head of state is um, something that's long overdue. And becoming a republic just means that, you know, you're no longer, you have no affiliation with the United Kingdom and your your former colonial masters. So, so. The country is already an independent country, but they were still kind of under the flag of real mafia, criminal organization type mentality that, okay, I'll let you have the block, but you know, you still got to check in with me. That's not democracy. That's not freedom. That's not humanity. That shouldn't have happened in the first place. You shouldn't have took us from Africa in the first place. You owe us. We don't owe you. We don't owe you any type of acknowledgement or recognition. <laughs> right? So. Yeah. Speaking of democracy, I know that's something that you obviously you fight for for your country. So your role. Yeah, I'd say hello to all the Cubans, too, because I'm big on democracy in Cuba. It's very important. So yeah, you got to get rid of dictatorships. Your role was the, the leader of, you were the 13th leader of the opposition party. Yes, I was fortunate to be elected the 13th uh, opposition leader of the House of Representatives in Belize. Yeah, yes. so for most people that are looking like the 13th opposition leader, can you tell that's like what uh, the role that's, is? You know, like uh, the Nancy Pelosi or, or Chuck Schumer. For the United States, obviously. For the so, United States, yeah, 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 for the Congress. So, so in, in that role, what are you doing specifically, right? Because obviously you're the minority leader. What's getting passed through you? Are there things that you obviously can put implement? What, what, what's the role that you play? I, I'm, I'm leading... Uh, you know, I'm, it's, it's, everything falls on my lap and, you know, I carry, I carry my colleagues and support my colleagues and help them to be the best versions of them, themselves and, you know, follow the vision uh, that will uplift and empower 
our people and fight for our people. You know, accountability is important. That's, that, that's what democracy is. Mm-hmm. People have to have a, an alternative, be able to say, you know what, I don't like what uh, the blue is doing, so I'm going to vote the red, or I don't like what the red is doing, so I'm going to vote the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, while you're in opposition, you know, you fight to uh, advance uh, the platforms of the people and to make sure that what the government that has been elected, uh, make sure that they're doing what they promised the people. Let me, let me ask you this, as far as reparations, something that we really haven't talked too much about on the platform. So you said your country, you, you're planning on taking UK to court? We just, um, you know, uh, there's a, a lawyer by the name of Godfrey Smith. Um, he is on the team of lawyers for Jamaica that have taken the United Kingdom to court for reparations. So... You know, when I was the leader of the opposition, he approached me, he approached the prime minister of Belize and he said, listen, um, you know, we'd like your support to pass a reparations motions in, in the house to demand that, you know, the UK pay uh, what they owe Belize. You know, they paid the slave owners billions of dollars and they gave those who were stolen and enslaved nothing. Um, so he asked that, you know, we passed the motion together, bipartisan, and I agreed. And, um, and so now they're going to proceed with, uh, taking the United Kingdom to court. So that is in motion. We've already passed the motion in the house of representatives in Belize. And now we're going to proceed, uh, with, uh, the litigation. Is there a certain dollar amount or to be determined that you're asking for? You know, I think Bob Johnson has it at. 1.3 1.3 trillion dollars uh, in the United States and the Caribbean. I think totally uh, in Belize. You know, I, I'm not sure. I think it'd probably be uh, maybe 50, uh, maybe 100, 100 million. I think. What's your What's your thoughts on reparations in America? Uh, I, you know, if you listen to the Shine album, <laughs> I'm going there. <laughs> that's how That's how I ended the intro. Reparations. It's due. It's due. It's due. It's due. <laughs> Grammatically incorrect. Yeah. Uh, and y'all gonna pay. So I said that as a 19-year-old child. So as a 43-year-old world leader, it's it's long overdue. And um, you know, I've, I've spoken to my colleagues in, in the House of Representatives here in America, um, Congressman um, Meeks and, and and Senator Chuck Schumer, and uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, and you know, so I, I believe within the next uh, six or 12 months, you're gonna see. Legislation passed in the House and the Senate. A nineteen-year-old Sean said, you, got, "You guys got to get out there and vote. You got midterms coming up, so you don't want very important. You don't want things to uh, you don't want things to get worse. You want to go back four years. I don't want to get into your politics, but <laughs> I, I, vote, vote for the people that are going to forward reparations. That's all I got to say. So I'm gonna go back to the, the debut album because then we spoke about that line where you said, look." If y'all build schools instead of prisons, I'll stop living, I'll stop the, way living, living. the way I'm living. You said Teach that at, me a craft or a trade. And so I want to be on the block serving so, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't make me, don't make me, I'll go off a bar with you. Don't make me get up here and start <laughs> like, rapping. I, like, <laughs> yo, drop the beat. Nah. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you, so you said that at 19, and obviously you were talking about where your, your conditions is in Brooklyn. But now listening to that line and knowing what you're seeing in Belize as a 43-year-old leader, can you talk about the progression or lack thereof for that same environment that you were talking about then? You know, Belize is different from the United States, whereas we're a developing nation. And it's sad that even a developed nation had those issues. So imagine what we're going through. I'd like to acknowledge my my little brother, uh, Stephen Victor. He's the vice president of Universal uh, music group who just donated $100,000 to uh, Belize for education. He has a Stephen Victor Education Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big problem in Belize uh, due to financing. You know, uh, the legislators would prefer to spend money on fixing roads, which we do need. We need infrastructure. We need streets. We need roads. But before we get to 
roads and streets that we can navigate. We need children who are educated because children who are educated will be in a position to create wealth that can pay for those roads and streets. So it's a matter of priority. If you have a dollar, you know, you spend that on food that can feed your family and not on getting a drink at the bar. So, um, you know, the government now has, in my view, not prioritized and governments passed. You know, they've, they've borrowed money. There's nothing wrong with borrowing money, but they've spent billions of dollars on things that can generate wealth for them and their families. Whereas we should have invested in education and health care, making sure that, you know, our people are healthy and educated and our country will develop. So certainly as a leader, uh, those are my priorities, education and health. So how do you feel about government regulation as far as for business? Because I felt like <sighs> we live in New York, right? So they have done a tremendous job to make business hard for entrepreneurs. And this is why a lot of people are leaving New York. And I feel like too much government involvement in the private sector is problematic. What do you, this is a business platform. We, we champion business. What do you feel about that as far as government? What do you think government's involvement should be in the private sector? I believe in balance. I believe in balance. I, I, I certainly don't believe in over-regulation, but I don't believe that... Uh, we should deregulate to a point where um, the biggest corporations don't help to solve the social issues that we have, right? Somebody has to pay for education. Somebody has to pay for health care. It, sh it shouldn't be the hardworking people like my mom that was making a certain amount of money that we, you know, insignificant. So I don't believe in overregulating uh, the business community. I believe in finding ways to help the business community, not finding ways to stop the business community or to, you know, uh, have a bureaucratic quagmire, uh, but to make sure the flow of business is fluent. Let's get it done. But I do agree with the current president of the United States that, you know, uh, you gotta be good corporate citizens. And, you know, those people that are making the most money need to pay for that young shine that doesn't wanna be a gangbanger, doesn't wanna be a dope dealer, wants to go to school, you know, wants to live a productive life. Who's gonna pay for him or her to go to school? Somebody has to pay for that. And it shouldn't be the people that are making, you know, just enough to get by. So that's my only issue with the business community. I believe that they should not be overregulated. Government should have a passion and a desire to make business uh, easy to do anywhere. So, so obviously you were the, the, the 13th leader of the opposite. Is the goal to eventually be prime minister of the country? Is that where we're headed in, in terms of leadership? Or are we going to, you know, we're saying where we're at, we like where you're at now, or you want to have the ultimate leadership? In you know, I, I, I had this conversation with my friend uh, when I was in Washington, D.C. And, um, you know, she was telling me about bureaucracy. And I said, you know, I'm hip-hop. I don't do bureaucracy. I, I could do anything. Like, there's no no's in hip-hop. We can do anything. Like, look, you know, happy birthday to my good friend, Sean Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clap it up for Jeff. Um, happy birthday to the know, goat. Who, who went from a, a Marcy kid, you know, to creating not just himself as a billionaire, but two other billionaires in Kanye and Rihanna. That's hip-hop. Like, we, we do anything. So for me... You know, being the prime minister is not if, 
but when? And it's not about being the prime minister to, to have a, a title as to the prime minister, because I, I was, I'm already a Grammy Award winning writer, publisher, producer. I'm not into titles. It's what comes with being the prime minister of Belize and the change that I could make, the revolutionary change that I could make to uh, make up for the hundreds of years of slavery and the hundreds of years of my people not being taught to be entrepreneurs, not being taught to be landowners, not being taught to have families because the slave owners used to come and rape our women and you know have all of our wives as their sweethearts. So that's all we know how to do. That's where pimp culture comes from, right? So as prime minister, I can, you know, reverse all the damage of, you know, our people being enslaved and set my people to be the, the next shines, the next Jay-Z's, the next whatever they want to be, because I don't want to get rich to be a politician. I don't want to say, oh, I'm the prime minister of Belize. I'm good. I want to say that this is what I did for Belize. I created a bunch of entrepreneurs. I created people who are financially literate. I created, you know, great family men and women. I created healthy boys and girls. I want to be able to brag about that the next 40 years. Sounding very presidential. <laughs> um, very realistic. <laughs> he's good. He's good. He's good. So, he's so good. Who, who's the other politician you want to interview? Well, we can't turn down Obama. That's, can't turn down. Yeah. No, we can't do that. Um, can't do that. So let me ask you this. Conflict resolution is something that we struggle with a lot in our community. Um, mending differences. So you and Diddy on good terms, wasn't always on good terms. How did, how did you and Diddy mend that relationship and, and what made you actually want to say, okay, this is a relationship that's actually worth mending? You know, I think as uh, African-American men in particular, uh, you know, Latinos too, but as, as African-American men, we have been conditioned since the plantation to hate each other and to destroy each other. And, you know, part of my evolution, part of my healing, I, I can't carry 24 years of pain and hurt with me. I wouldn't be here right now if I was holding on to that. That's baggage. I got to shake that and I got to keep going. And, you know, Diddy's my brother. He was my brother, he is my brother now. You're my brother. All of you, you're my brothers and sisters. I don't even know y'all. And Diddy, you know, gave me an opportunity that changed my life forever. And so I prefer to look at the positive in my brother because we've been conditioned to hate our brothers and sisters for so long that I want to condition myself and us to love our, let's find the good in our brothers and sisters. Yeah, I could, I could find a million things wrong with, with Diddy. I want to find the things that's right with him. And so I, I focused on the positivity and I focused on myself. You know, uh, I, I like to acknowledge my other little brother, uh, Stephen Carlos, the, the shout president. Out, shout out to Steve. Steve oh, shout you you call him Steve. I call him Stephen Carlos now. He, he's the president of uh, he's Warner ex Music. He's executive. You know, president yeah. of Warner Music, my, my other protege. Um, you know, we're, we're working on a documentary, a movie, TV series about my life. And, you know, different studios have approached me, put money on the table, but they want to tell the Shine Hates Diddy story. And I say, you know, keep your money. I'm, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that because it it's, can't be wrong when, you know, the Caucasian kneels on George Floyd's neck and takes his life. But when we kill each other, it's okay. You know, when, when somebody that looks like young Dolph kills young Dolph, that's not okay. It's not okay for us to hate each other. Um, you know, so that, 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 that's really what drove the healing process with Diddy and I. And, and again, I'm just focused on myself. I'm not focused on other people. I, I, I don't have time for that. There's like a nation that's relying on my success in order for us to all be successful in that country. And I think just 
as a world leader, that's a great example to set for other African-Americans who are still caught up in a culture, a plantation culture, you know, uh, uh, a Reagan-Bush era culture where we destroy each other. And I'm not about that. So, you know, I, I text Diddy as soon as I got here. I'm, I'll see him tomorrow. We'll celebrate life. We'll celebrate black excellence. You know, um, and that's what we should do. We should yeah, celebrate absolutely. each other. We should forgive each other. We should heal and focus on the way forward. Yeah, clap, yeah. It, clap it up for that. Yeah. I, w- I want to thank you. And well, hold on. We didn't talk about the art. We can't. No, no, we're not. No, 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 like no, no, you not. Wrapping no, up. no, no. I'm personally thanking you. We got to talk about we, this. We, we, we getting getting art. We got it on the table. No, we got to we kill the girl to bring the other art out. I wanted to thank you for that reconciliation. Okay. Because right. May 20th, 2016, Bad Boy was having his 20th year anniversary concert with Shot and I were there. And we both were saying to ourselves, man, this ain't going to be right if Shine ain't there. And lo and behold, screen went dark. And there you go in front of a pyramid on the screen. And I said, that's it. That's hip hop. So I want to personally you know, thank you for that. And, and also, um, you know, what I said was generalized. But, you know, Diddy has been supporting me morally, um, even financially. Yes, this is a great picture from an artist called Alex Sanker. You know, it's Art Basel. So I had to bring the Belizean paintings with me. He's one of our best artists. This is, you know, downtown. This is on the south side of Belize called Ibu Town. This is where all the Africans from Nigeria were. And the south side is where all the Africans really started. That's where Belize started. And that's where they stayed. The Creoles, which are the Africans that mixed with the Europeans, went to the north side. But, you know, the, the 100% Africans stayed here. And um, so this is Albert Street. This is the British the British um, mailbox, that's a law firm, Barrow and Williams, one of the best in the country. Yeah. So, yeah, so back to Diddy. He was supporting me for, um, for many years now. Um, you know, not like, yo, uh, um, you owe me. But just, listen, I have a vision for Belize. I want to change Belize. I'm running for the House of Representatives. You know, I need your support. And it wasn't even a conversation. It was like, oh, man, this is black excellence. Like, you know, just let me know what you want me to do. And so he's been doing that in however he could do that for years. And recently, uh, the government tried to, I, I won't say the government, rogue actors in the government attempted to pass legislation to disqualify me from the House of Representatives because of what happened when I was 19 years old, when I was convicted of defending myself and my friends. And so, you know, I reached out uh, to Diddy and said, listen, you know, we got to start a campaign with this and uh, we have to create awareness because, you know, this is an attack on the lower class. This is an attack on all those young kids that are impoverished, that can't afford a lawyer, can't afford to get themselves, you know, uh, through the justice system. And, you know, Diddy was there, you know, he got revolt, got, you know, the publicist and said, listen, let's bring attention to this. And, you know, when it was time for me to travel to the United States, he made sure that whatever congressmen, whatever senators he had at his disposal, he made available to me um, so that I could further the cause of belief. So those are the conversations that we were having. You know, we weren't having, oh, you know what? Um, if I didn't, you know, keep my mouth shut, you done went to jail, you're worth a billion dollars now, you know, I need 10% of it. <laughs> you know, um, Reparations, did he? Yeah, Reparations. You know, so we, we weren't having those conversations. Yeah. We were having it, because you know that, that's about me. Yeah. And it's not about me, it's about Belize. Yeah. And so support Belize, don't support me. Yeah. And, and he's been very willing to support my efforts to lift up my nation. So I have to give him what, what, credit for that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What was the feeling like being able to come back to the United States? Yeah, clap it up for Diddy for that, yeah. for sure. <clears throat> I mean, being goes, gone so long, what was the feeling being back in, in America for the first time? You know, um, it's never about being back in America, and it's always about beliefs. So I wasn't here on vacation 
I wasn't here to go down memory lane. I was here to talk to Maxine Waters. I was here to talk to Congressman Gregory Meeks and Senator Schumer and, you know, uh, Congressman Espiolade and all the different senators and congressmen that received me so graciously, uh, Mayor Eric Adams, who says that he's going to make sure the business community is taken care of in New York City. That's what he said. All right. He said he's tired of all the money coming to Miami and Florida. Hopefully. And he's going to bring it back. Hopefully. So, Hopefully and my so. guy, Brian Benjamin, he's a, he's a lieutenant governor. Okay. He's pro-business. Hopefully they can lower you know, taxes, too. Yeah, I got <laughs> to say hello to my girl, Tamika Mallory. She's, she's here, too. Um, and my son. Um, yeah. So, um, but Sean, let me ask you this. Um, General Muammar Gaddafi had a, had a vision for the African Union to have a unified African dollar similar to the euro. Uh, didn't work out. Everybody knows what happened shortly after that. I say that to say Central America, the Caribbean, is there any, is there any hope that one day it could be a more unified front similar to the EU where, you know, maybe one currency for a block of countries or, you know, something similar to that? You know, right now we have CARICOM where all the Caribbean nations are together, Barbados, Jamaica, Bahamas, um, forgive me for any, any St. Vincent and the Grenadines. But uh, certainly that's, pra- that's, that's, that's practical, it's possible, because we have CARICOM, as I said. Uh, Belize is a very unique nation in the fact that we're part of Central America and the Caribbean nations. But, um, you know, right now my focus is in uh, directing Belize to a path of first world nation, developed nation. And I think uh, all my energy is there. I can't get ahead of myself. Um, I don't know that discussion is not being it's not being had right now as far as one currency. And my focus right now is making sure that Belize is the best version of herself. And we're far from there because the last 40 years we've had leaders who have used Belize as a vehicle for self enrichment. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. When, When we travel over the world in Jamaica, we see heavy, uh, Chinese influence. Nigeria, I was shocked to find out that 25% of all hospitality is Lebanese. You go to every club, the Lebanese own every club in, in Nigeria and Lagos. Uh, I say that to say there's international investments in all over the world, but especially in black countries, countries of color. What's your thoughts on that for Belize? And um, how do you feel about foreign investment. And on the flip side, a country like Ghana has welcomed African-Americans. It has really helped their economy, has helped their tourism. Is that something that you want for Belize? Well, certainly we welcome uh, foreign investment. Uh, we support Taiwan uh, because you know Belize has a, the Guatemalans claim Belize in some uh, you know, colonial, far-fetched entitlement they felt because, you know, Spain, whatever Spain surveyed and said was theirs, was theirs. So Spain said Belize and entire Latin America was theirs, so it belonged to them. Um, and so they believe that they inherited that colonial right. So they're claiming Belize. So I say all that to say that Taiwan, you know, has the same thing with China where they broke away from China and, you know, China, well, Taiwan believes they're, they're the Republic of China. And then you have China, China that says they're China. So we support Taiwan and China doesn't do business with people who have diplomatic relations with Taiwan. So I wouldn't be as prime minister, I wouldn't be interested in breaking relations with Taiwan to establish relations with China uh, for economic benefit. You know, because China has a terrible human rights record. And I don't believe in diplomatic prostitution. You know, you talked about my integrity, my character, and my honor. And I've had that my entire life. 
So I shouldn't, I certainly wouldn't do that as, as prime minister. I want to be in business with the right people. Um, and all money is in good money. So, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't want to put any roadblocks to anybody, but I'm not prepared to sell my soul or sell the soul of Belize to be in business with anyone. Yeah, one of the major economic engines, especially in the, you can clap up for that. One of the major economic engines in the Caribbean is tourism, right? But most people never, you never hear people saying we're going to Belize. How are we getting people more interested, more involved, wanting to come so that when you get that economic engine flowing through the country, now you have money for infrastructure, you have money for schools. How do we get more awareness on Belize outside of you speaking? Well, you know, you go, there's an Instagram page called Visit Belize Now, Facebook called Visit Belize uh, Now. Um, There's a Belize Tourism Board. Uh, You know, there's so many direct flights to Belize. There's a two-hour flight from here uh, to Belize on American. You know, Belize is paradise. Uh, So really, I invite all of you to be my guests in Belize. I'm a very down-to-earth guy, so you see me walking around in slippers probably. Um, And just come to Belize. You know, Belize is paradise. So I told you guys to come do... Do the podcast. Yeah, we definitely, definitely. Yeah, we bringing know. everybody here. Yeah, yeah. That's a fact. yeah. Um, Breaking news alert. Yeah. So you everybody know, I, gets a free got, trip to Belize. I got a, I got a Courtesy group. Shot. I got a group coming down. Um, I think for New Year's from DC, like, like a group of thirty, you know, professionals, um, in the urban community in DC. So you know, I, that that's what I'll keep doing. You know, because uh, tourism drives our economy. So I'll keep going around the United States. Keep inviting my friends, you know, I invite Diddy, I invite Fat Joe, I invite Khaled, I invite everybody. And, um, you know, over the next 12 months, you're going to see a lot of activity happening in Belize. So get Sean, your ticket. Sean, you're a gentleman and a scholar, my brother. I Thank you for having it. me. Um, Thank you for enduring my long-winded political <laughs> responses. Nah, this is, this is, like I said, this is the first conversation that we had with a politician and um, I enjoyed it. So well, we got to hold on. So we got to yeah, talk, talk about, about the these art, pieces, too. right? So, so this is a an artist by the um, name of Pen Caetano. He's a Garifuna, African artist. Is is the guy that got my phone? Does he? Ha- is well, I don't He's see right, him yeah. anywhere. Is he J- taking the pictures? Jamil, gotta make sure Demil getting these pictures, man. No, no, no. But I don't want you to get the pictures. <laughs> Come yeah. this way. Come down here. Yeah, so um Yeah, so this is Pen Cayetano. These are Garifuna people, African people who have faced great persecution. And um, you know, he has another piece over here. Um, so that's a Garifuna drummer. You know, drumming is our thing. Uh they from Dan Griga. So if you ever go to Belize, visit Dan Griga. This is a Garifuna woman. Uh she's um peeling cassava. I don't know any of you Gar- uh, Caribbean people know about cassava. And this is from Pen Cayetano as well. Yeah. And this is a, um, this is a young, young artist um, by the name of Janelli. So this is Placencia. This is in the south as well. And this is, uh, this is right there at the port where the fishermen go and catch their fish. Where's the other one from uh, the big one that they brought out? Can they bring that back out again from Alex Sanka? Shout out to Elliot Elliot Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, the, that's the great. great Elliot Wilson. Yeah, shout out to Elliot. We just uh, spoke about goat. his XL cover. The goat. And Elliot's the here. The goat, yeah. What's going on, bro? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, we couldn't be at Art Basel and not show the Belize and artists. So we got, you know, I collect art. I'm not like like Jay and... Um, <laughs> Swiss. And, Swiss. And, and Swiss and Ye and, and all those guys. But I collect Belizean art. So my house is filled with art, so, yeah. Now, I appreciate your passion uh, for your country because that's something that you said this morning. Like, no, it's not about me. It's about Belize. And Absolutely. I want to highlight the Belizean um, artist and give them an opportunity to shine during Art Basel. If we're going to have a stage and a platform to speak, you know, I think it would be a good idea to highlight some of the um, local artists. So, yes, he's taking all the right steps. I see a, I see a bright future, Sean. <laughs> um, I, I actually see us in Belize. I see us in Belize. Yes, it has to happen. It has to happen. Yeah, they're we're going to make it happen. They're bringing that, that painting back. Yeah, yeah, we're going to make it. And you know, the financial literacy is so much, you know, I applaud you for that. I Thank applaud you, you for that. It's, it's so important to our culture. You know, uh, before you buy a Richard Mill, 
before you buy, protectfully buy some real estate, you know, you know, buy things that appreciate, uh, you know, make sure that you invest in security. Uh, you know, and our people need that, you know, so I, what, you're, what you're providing for our people is, is so necessary and invaluable and, and it's a vibe. So yeah. it's, not, it's not boring, you know, it's not, you know, broccoli, it's dressed up nice and you know you can <laughs> Keyword enjoy. Vibe. And it's yeah. important before we leave that we always gonna have these conversations because when we went to Jamaica, we had to tap in with Usain Bolt and all the guys in Jamaica, and then you know we just went to Nigeria, we went to Egypt. So it's important for us to not just focus on America. The world is big, and there's opportunities all over the world, and we need to tap in, especially people that look like us from all over the world. Because ultimately, it's divide and conquer. And um, the more we're united, uh, the stronger we are. And the key to unity is education. People have a lack of education, which leaves them ignorant. So having conversations with diplomats, politicians, statesmen from different parts of the world is not something to be taken lightly um, because it's actually opening doors to the minds of something that can actually help potentially change the world. So um, thank you, brother. I appreciate thank it. You for having thank, you. thank you for having me. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs>